Hello and welcome to the Two Dudes Football Podcast. I'm your host, Wyatt Fairman, alongside Ryan Pulsiver. Ryan, we're expanding our borders. We're trying something new. We have switched from a hockey podcast, which we're still operating, to a football podcast. Indeed we are. We talked about it. We're both fans of football and it's not like we've got a whole lot of hockey content going on right now, so we figured why not? Why not indeed? And we are starting a little bit late in the game, I guess you could say. Uh, recently, we've just endured week 12 of the National Football League's 2020-2021 football season. And we have some scores we can go over, some headlines, some news, as well as just strict conversation that could be had. I mean, we've got a lot we can talk about after what happened this week and, you know, every other part of the season. But I mean, there's certainly no shortage of content to talk about. Unfortunately, first, I think any listeners who may have should be able to understand who they're listening to. Um, me and Ryan are both very young, uh, 18 and are, are you 18 or are you 19? 18. Yeah, we're 18 respectively. And uh, we started out as two kids with a hockey podcast after getting into an argument. And now we're expanding to football. I'm a lifelong Kansas City Chiefs fan, not a fake fan, not a bandwagon. I've been a fan for 11 years so basically lifelong and ryan is a steelers fan correct not just a steelers fan because here's the thing it's you might hate me a little if i'm a steelers fan but i want to be everyone's enemy so not only am i a pittsburgh steelers fan but i also am a dallas cowboys fan oh no he didn't no he did not pittsburgh and dallas now, if you're wondering why, I should offer a little bit of explanation. I'm a Pittsburgh Penguins fan of the NHL. That is how I got into sports. So because of that, when I started following football, the first name I knew about was Ben Roethlisberger. That, combined with being a Pittsburgh fan, led me to being a Steelers fan. In case you're wondering, no, I do not like the Pirates. I hate the Pirates. My brother, on the <laughs> other hand, got into football as a Dallas fan, which meant I, lot of, I watched a lot of Dallas games. And then all over time, because of that, I also became a Dallas fan. And I'm experiencing the highs and lows of football right now, as I'm sure you can imagine. Well, it's hard to get much lower than Dallas this season, and it's hard to get much higher than Pittsburgh, who's undefeated. They've gone out to a great start, and they'll actually play Tuesday this week. That'll be December 1st, 2020. They are hosting the Ravens, a team everyone thought could be Super Bowl-bound this year. They're showing a 6-4 and four record. What do you think about this matchup? Uh, first and foremost, I think that they've handled this wrong. I mean, I get what they were going for. Like, I get the whole idea that you, know, you want to put the game off because of COVID cases. But when you consider what has happened with the Broncos, and I'm sure we'll touch on that later, this game should have already been played. And frankly, the Ravens, if the breakout is, because I think there's what, they're saying 18 players in the Ravens have it or something like that. Yeah. There's got to be some sort of discipline for that. Like, I'm sorry. Like, they punished, I think it was the Colts who got fined like half a million dollars in a seventh round pick for dancing in the locker room. It might have been somebody else, but it was one team. And the Ravens are going to get 18 cases and get off scot free. Little weird. Overall, I would not count the Ravens out of this game. I don't know who's going to be starting at quarterback at the end of the day, but the Ravens have a good team. They have a great rushing defense or rushing offense. Sorry. They have a good defense. They are better than a 6-14. and 14. They really are. And the Steelers, they're not quite as good as a 10-0 team. I could see this game going either way. I really could. At the end of the day, I think the Ravens are going to pull this off. I think those who are looking for entertainment will be pleased. If you don't have a dog in the fight, turn on the channel to NBC and watch a good football game. That's what we're going to have. Ben Roethlisberger isn't putting up MVP numbers by any means, but he's not putting up bad numbers either. Lamar Jackson, he's putting up okay numbers. We talked about it before, uh, at least me and Ryan have personally, that Lamar isn't the Lamar we saw last year. He's not explosive. He's not dynamic. And we really thought he could elevate his game, but we've just not seen that this year. And it shows in their 6-4 and four record. But to your point exactly, the Ravens are 6-4, and four, the Steelers are 10-0, and 0, but that is not their identity. That's not what the coaches want their team to be known as. I think – if you're the Steelers, you really want to be known as a team that can play anybody but not beat anybody. Make it competitive and add that little sense of wonder. 
that little sense of curiosity. So it really builds not only competition for your team to get better, but maybe scares the other team a little bit more, if that makes sense. And as far as COVID is concerned, we've seen what's happened with Denver. They literally played a game, got blown out by the Saints. And you think that's a horrible thing to do, get blown out by a team, except they didn't have a starting quarterback the entire game. They had, what was it, a wide receiver play like emergency quarterback or something like that? A practice squad wide receiver. So he wasn't even on the team. Practice squad wide receiver comes in. And people were wondering, what about Colin Kaepernick? What about Tim Tebow? Uh, why couldn't they have stepped in? No, sign someone else. Well, that's the thing with COVID. You have to have a two-week waiting period. You saw earlier with Le'Veon Bell when he signed with the Chiefs, another thing we should probably talk about at some point. He had to wait two weeks to be able to not only play, but be involved with the team. It's an acclimation period to make sure you don't have COVID, to keep the players and coaches and their families all safe. I like the rule but it didn't work in Denver's favor. I don't think it would have mattered, to be honest with you. I don't think there are a lot of positions where you can kind of throw someone in without knowing the playbook. It's really hard two days before to sign a quarterback and just throw them into the action. That doesn't really work. So I think, A, even if they could have, they wouldn't have signed those two players. They would have signed somebody else. Let's not get ourselves. No one's signing Colin Kaepernick, and Tim Tebow is more baseball than football at this point. And, you know, whether or not they should sign Kaepernick or not, they're probably not going to. I mean, there's well, not a whole lot on the market. There really isn't, but let's not let that distract you from the fact that this is the Broncos team that stood their own against the Miami Dolphins a week ago. Now, you hear that and you're like, well, the Dolphins, they're not that great. Well, they're not that bad. They're 7-4, and four, are they not? I believe so. They're definitely looking like a playoff team right now, which is... Not a statement. Yeah, seven and four. Not a statement I would have believed heading into this season, but I mean, two has had that effect. I mean, so has Fitzpatrick and the rest of the team, but uh, uh, Fitz magic, Fitz magic, get it right. Fitz, Fitzception, actually. Well, whatever you call them, it's working for them. The beard is rolling in Miami, and they're still one game behind Buffalo and trying to stave off those. Uh, creepy, creeping New England Patriots led by Bill Belichick, you know, just a casual six-time Lombardi trophy winner. What do you think about this Patriots team and Cam Newton? No, not happening. I'm sorry, I will say this as kindly as I can. They're not a playoff team. I get I guess that they're five and six. They beat the Cardinals, who are in a little bit of an underrated freefall right now. Like I understand that. I understand that there's little question of what they can do. Cam Newton passed for 84 yards in this game. They don't have a quarterback. And, you know, the Cardinals and their high-flying offense mustered 17 points. That's it, including zero in the second and third quarter. Did the Patriots beat the Cardinals or did the Cardinals beat themselves? At the end of the day, it simply was not a good performance for the Cardinals. They do not have a quarterback who can throw the ball. You know, their best runner had 14 attempts for 47 yards in Harris. That's not a recipe for success. I mean, even if this team makes the playoffs, which they won't, they're going to get killed. This team stands no chance. I like Belichick. I think he is the greatest coach of all time. I don't think that's up for debate right now. I think if you give him any quarterback who can throw the ball, then I think they could be in a playoff spot. They don't have a quarterback who can throw the ball. They just don't. And that's another issue. You have Julian Edelman wide out. You don't have Gronkowski anymore. You're not a bad team at receiver, but you also aren't superstar stacked. The Patriots never have been superstar stacked. They've been close. They've signed big-name players. They've had Gronk. They've had Edelman for a long time. They've had Antonio Brown for, what, a couple of games? One game. One game, excuse me. And did he not score a touchdown in that game? I think so. I think he had like 50 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. And, of course, he's back with the Bucks, which is another thing we can talk about. But Bill Belichick has worked with what he's got. He's always been able to manage low-depth chart, low-wide receivers, tight ends, whatever it is. Injured Gronk, he can handle that. They won a Super Bowl without Gronk. He was injured, if you remember. It, they came back 25 points and won a Super Bowl without Gronkowski. That's Belichick. 
but you don't have Belichick without Brady, and Brady is tearing it up in Tampa Bay, or at least trying to. Doing better. I wouldn't say tearing it up, but doing better. Well, let's face it. The Chiefs should have lost that game straight up. They they had it in their hands. They should have blown them out to begin with. And then the second they changed their tune, they changed their attitude, they let down their guard, all of a sudden it's a three-point game. You let Tampa Bay score 14 points in the fourth quarter. That's not good coaching. That's not good execution. And we're starting to see that little Super Bowl champion ego come out of the Chiefs. I mean, to be fair, I would argue that a lot of teams do that. Like, yeah, you want to see a better performance than that, but I mean, listen, you're dealing with a team that has been wildly inconsistent. Because let's not kid ourselves. Brady hasn't exactly been great. And this team has at times, I mean, they scored three points against the Saints. That was it. They scored the same amount of points against the Saints that the Broncos did with no quarterback. That's a good point. This is not a team that you look at and scream consistency. They don't always seem like they're clicking. So I don't necessarily know that it was, oh, the Chiefs were playing down to their competition. No, it's arrogant. I think they just turned it on. I really just think the Broncos or the Buccaneers were able to just get it going in that fourth quarter. Well, what we did see out of Kansas City was they can strike at will. They scored, what was it, 17, no, 20 points in the first half. Scored another touchdown after that as well. But listen to these stats. Mahomes threw over 230 yards. And Tyreek Hill caught over 200 yards in the first quarter alone. Mahomes threw for over 460 yards over the course of the entire game and still didn't get enough fancy points to win, but I'm not salty about that. (laughs) They were clicking on all cylinders. And then you just run into a brick wall that says Tom Brady. And Tom Brady comes back as he does and still can't get there. This is a Chiefs team that may be a little bit arrogant, may let their guard down a little bit from here to there, get slapped around by the Raiders and somehow find a way to win. But they're good. They can strike at will. Whenever Andy Reid wants to pull the trigger, it's another Kansas City touchdown. I don't see anybody in that AFC West that's any type of competition, even the Las Vegas Raiders. And I think the Raiders are a good little team, but I mean, they they aren't this. No, and they're not. And they I lost 43 to 6 to the Falcons. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Falcons are on the rise, but they're not. They're too far down, you know? They do it every year. They struggle at the beginning of the year and then go on a big winning streak. Everyone's happy. And then they struggle at the beginning of the year. Yep. It's the yearly thing for them since their Super Bowl performance. But as far as the writers are concerned, I think you also said that perfectly. They're a great or a good little team you know no one's denying they have talent but they're not your big name competitors you might get one or two primetime games out of them in a season and they could be interesting they could be scary but at the end of the day no one really cares they're six and five three and one in their division the same record as the chiefs in their division but they're six and five and the chiefs are ten and one kansas city is getting it done when las vegas is not yeah, but again, here's the thing. What did you expect Las Vegas to do at the beginning of this year? Nothing. Exactly. At the end of the day, if they can squeak into the playoffs and may- and lose in the wild card, that's not a bad year for this team. If they do that, that is far more than any of us expected. It is far more than any of us thought John Gruden was going to be capable of. Like, I get that this team's not winning a Super Bowl. Um, they've established that Derek Carr is probably their guy. They've shown that he definitely can be their guy. If they want to go with him, they've got a competent NFL starter, which for the last couple of years, some people doubted. They've shown that they have young pieces. Some of their drafting has gone well. Josh Jacobs has been a phenomenal pick. Everyone doubted phenomenal. him. You know, he, was a, he wasn't a pick that everyone agreed with. He was. They said he reached for him, and maybe they did, but he's done everything advertised to him. So this team has shown that they can draft, they can develop. They you know use the trades of Cleo Mack, and Amari uh, Cooper, which, no, they probably didn't get adequate value for those players, but they've still used what they've got well. This is not the year that I'm curious about for the Raiders. 
it's next year. Build on what they've done, add in free agency, fix whatever holes that they feel they have. This Raiders team doesn't need to make the playoffs this year. And if they do, it's a wonderful surprise in the first year in Las Vegas. But otherwise, I mean, whatever happens, I think they've outdone expectations. And frankly, I think it's been a good year for them. So I'm not too worried about playoffs or not or Super Bowl or not. Sometimes just being good is enough. Sometimes being good is enough. And we got to keep in mind the playoff format this year is different than once in years past. Three wildcard teams, only one team gets a first round bye. And if Pittsburgh can hang on for dear life, that's looking like it could be theirs. It's likely going to be theirs or Kansas City's. I don't see it going to a three-loss team, but you never know. Speaking of three-loss, four-loss teams, let's look at that AFC South division real quick. All right, follow me for a second. The floor in that division is the 1-10 and Jacksonville Jaguars, who just fired their general manager. Almost beat the Browns, too. Almost beat the Browns, but is 1-10 and and just fired their general manager. Then you have the Houston Texans, who are 4-7. and that team's since Bill has left, they've been a lot better. But it's again, it's going to be too little, too late. When you have seven losses and you're only twelve weeks into the season, it very much is too little, too late. You can go on a five-game win streak and still have to face the music of not being a playoff contender. Because the honest truth is, the only nine and seventeen that can make the playoffs is the Tennessee Titans, who topped that division at eight and three. I, I'm not necessarily. I mean, the odds are against the 9-17 this year, but I wouldn't rule it out. I was just being sarcastic towards the Titans, who had, until this year, looked like they are going to go 9-7 and seven for five straight seasons. This year, they're 8-3, and three, chilling at the top of the AFC South, and they seem to have things rolling. But what are your thoughts? I mean, 9-7 and seven isn't over until they get that 10th win. That's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> I love this team. I love this team. I think they're a remarkable team. I think they have everything they need to challenge Pittsburgh and to challenge the Chiefs. And I know, I mean, they beat they beat the Patriots last year. They gave Lamar Jackson a beating. This team is a playoff, like, warrior team. It's not like they're a team that, oh, yeah, you know, they're good, but will they perform in the playoffs the way that we looked at a team like the Raiders? This is a team that we've seen succeed. This is a team that realistically, like I look through this, the entire AFC and I'm trying to find a team other than Pittsburgh and other than Kansas City who's better than them. I can't. No one in the AFC East. Ravens haven't performed it, but they could be. No one in the South. No one else in the West. I mean, at the end of the day. And the Ravens lost. The Ravens lost to the Titans a couple weeks ago, may I remind you. Oh, yes, that's right, too. I mean, this team, they are the clear third team in this in this race. And I mean, they could be a clear second team, depending on what happens with Pittsburgh and Kansas city. Uh, Pittsburgh would have to fall a pretty long. They have a couple more weeks of being one or two. I think even if Kansas city blow, or even if Baltimore blows them out of the water, I would still put Steelers above Tennessee for now. They've got some time. They've got some time to work with before I start looking at them as a third seed. But I mean, I'm not sure that the difference between these three teams is big. You know, you look, you look at this and you can easily just go, oh, well, it's Kansas City's conference. Simple. I, when I see Tennessee in that conference, I, I disagree. I don't know that anyone's stopping Derrick Henry. Ryan Danahill is a very good option for what they use him for. They've got a talented receiving core, talented defense. This is exactly the type of team that can win a Super Bowl. Well, I hate to shift gears on you, but I do want to head into something something I call the unmentionables. I know that's a sketchy word to say. However, I'm referring to teams that literally have no shot at playoffs, no relevance. No one loves them in the media world. Let's just review these teams starting in the AFC. New York Jets, 0-11. and 11. Cincinnati Bengals, 2-8-1. and 1. Jacksonville Jaguars, 1-10. Los Angeles Chargers, three and eight. The entire NFC East. Um, and then the Detroit Lions, four and seven. And the Carolina Panthers, four and eight. San Francisco 49ers, five and six. I mentioned a few of those teams actually do have 
quite a good shot to make the playoffs, but they're still bottom of their division as of now. I want to hear your thoughts on what I've just said, Ryan. All right. I'll quickly brush through every team here. Jets, they're mathematically eliminated. Uh, trade Darnold to the Steelers, please. I would love him. I think he'd be great in the Steelers uniform. Not fire gaze. Get rid of him. Shoot him out of a cannon, whatever. Um, Cincinnati, if they... No, nothing. There's nothing to defend here. Burrow's gone at this point. You're just claiming whatever high draft pick you can get and then figuring out how to boost your offensive line. Cincinnati's done. Jacksonville, mathematically eliminated. Hard to say anything about them. They just cleaned house. Is Gardner Minshew really the answer on this team? I'm thinking no. Jake Luton. Absolutely no. Jake Luton definitely isn't the answer. I don't know where this team goes. Chargers are dead on arrival. You know, Herbert is doing everything he can to carry this team. They've got a bright future. They really shouldn't be this bad, but they are. Uh, Denver is dead to me, especially after, you know, everything that's happened here. Drew Locke might not be the answer, probably not the answer realistically. And I don't know where this team goes from here. I don't know about that, man. Drew Locke, let's let's give him a little bit more time, a little bit more development. I know he's had a lot more. He's had more than Patrick Mahomes had, more than a lot of these sophomore riser quarterbacks have had. But he's Drew Locke, and he's had some injury troubles. Don't count Denver out. As far as what you were saying about the Chargers, I'm not disappointed in their 3-8 and record. Did they – underperform our expectations maybe a little bit but i'm more disappointed in how bad those navy blue uniforms looked on television the other day i mean we saw them for the first time and i thought they were great and they were hideous i mean to be fair it wasn't the ugliest thing you see when you watch the chargers play the ugliest thing you see when you watch the chargers play is the chargers okay that's a good that's a good point (laughs) that's actually a very good roast uh, can continue. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, with Drew Locke, he's not bad. I see him as maybe a Nick Foles or a Ryan Fitzpatrick who kind of bash. He doesn't scream to me like a franchise quarterback. He screams to me as a guy who can definitely play games in the heat of the moment. Maybe a platoon type of guy. Maybe a Tyrod Taylor, except a little better. I don't know that I would bet on trying to win a Super Bowl with this player, but that's just me. Uh, I'm going to get the NFC East last because that's the biggest conversation. Detroit's dead on arrival. I mean, trade Matt Stafford. Give him something, guys. Give him a playoff team, please. Like, he deserves better than this. I don't know where that team goes from there. Chicago, I'm going to mark them as dead because they were 4-1 and they were 5-6. and They don't have a quarterback. Their backup quarterback is also bad, whoever you want to consider that, Foles or Trubisky. Their coaching is absolutely atrocious. They have no offensive weapons. They're on it. They're such a bad team. They're on a five-game losing streak. It's like I don't know how they could turn this around. I really don't. This team is, as far as I'm concerned, they could lose every other game, and I wouldn't doubt it. It's just that's what Chicago does. Uh, Panthers and Falcons are both dead. I'm a little disappointed in Carolina. I expected better from them. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has proven to me that he is exactly what we hoped he would be. Not an elite quarterback, but not a bad one either. Solid guy. Yeah. Gets the job yeah. done. Again, he's not someone I would... If I was Kansas City trying to make a Super Bowl run, he's not the first person I would call. But, I mean, he can get you to the playoffs if you give him a good enough four. Maybe win a few games. Nothing wrong there. Uh, Falcons, I don't know what you do with this team. It's oh. it's time to trade Julio, and it's time to trade Ryan. Like It's time to just cut both ties. It's over. One, I don't think he can trade Ryan at this point. He's getting up there as well as the other older quarterbacks in the league. Two, Julio is your best player, bar none. Yeah. Um, Gurley isn't who they thought he was going to be. Gurley is just trash this season. Yeah, he's a, the Buccaneers, he's a low-risk investment, though, so that's not too bad. Maybe a little bit of one, but still you don't have a run game. And you still have the Buccaneers who are hanging on to dear life, sitting right above them at 7-5. and five. Like, I don't know what direction this Falcons team can go but down. And they have proven themselves that that's the direction they want to go. So what? You blow out the Vegas Raiders, good for you. Uh, they're possibly not a playoff team either. It's, it's concerning to me. As far as Carolina is concerned, don't diss the Panthers just yet. 
nauseous yet. Yeah, I understand they're four and eight, but every single game that they played in for the most part has not only been close, it's been really close. And Teddy Bridgewater has done an excellent job with what he has. You may argue that P.J. Walker's a better quarterback, what have you. I don't really care about that. It's just whoever can get the job done, and they're both doing it pretty well about now, even with a 4-8 and eight record. I don't know how Coach Rule wants to take this approach next season, if there's going to be like media pressure on him or just on the players in general. I don't know. I don't know what comes for the Panthers in the upcoming weeks, but don't diss them just yet. And we know the Saints 9-2, and two, possibly a top 3-4 team in the league, all things considered. Yeah, and I mean, I, I like the way the Panthers are doing things. I think they should be better than they are right now, but they're clearly still a couple pieces away from being competitive. I like Matt Rule. I think he's doing a good job. I don't know. I think this team's closer than some people think they are. I think they're definitely, like you said, better than an 8-4 record, but I don't know. It's hard. It's hard for me to, you know, look at this season as a positive when it's like, well, they could be in a playoff spot right now. I think they could be. And the last team we'll go over before we get to the dreaded NFC East, uh, the 49ers hard to fault them on anything. Half of their team is injured all the time. No Garoppolo, no Bosa. There's not really a whole lot that they can do. You got to look at how you're going to, you know, rebuild from this, how you're going to reset. Because, I mean, obviously you want to do better than this next year. This can't be the acceptable norm. Super Bowl hangover, whatever you want to call it, hasn't been a good enough year. But honestly, can we really fault them? Like, can we really look at this team and their injuries and, like, fault them? Uh, I, I would say the not so fast on you there. I will quote Lee Corso and say not so fast on these dreaded San Francisco 49ers because they're five and six without half their team, not due to COVID, but to injuries. And they just beat the team that was top of the NFC West in the Los Angeles Rams last night on primetime. And it may have been a fairly close game, but it really seemed like San Francisco's game all the way through. Do they have a chance for playoffs? Not with Seattle, Arizona, and L.A., but they're a good team. They're a competitor to anyone who will play them. Super Bowl hangover? Maybe. I don't think we can fault them either, and I think we're going to see a lot of improvement from Kyle Shanahan's team and how they run things. Yeah, but it's also that thing, well, yeah, they're a good team. They went to the Super Bowl last year. You know, you need to be better. Nick Mullins was supposed to be one of the best backups in the league. He isn't been horrible from what I actually haven't followed him as much as I want to but I mean you're supposed to have one of the better backup options in the league in theory the Garoppolo injury shouldn't have hurt them as much as it has I think coaching is a little bit default here I think that they're in their own heads a little bit they're still a good team but again that's a team I look at and I say well they could be in the playoffs and especially where we're kind of seeing the Cardinals start to fall a little bit they still could like if they could get themselves going a little bit, they'd still have a shot. I just can't see them doing it in a meaningful enough way. Yeah, especially with Seattle right there at the top of your division. Seattle, it's, in my opinion, their NFC championship to lose at this point. New Orleans is good. New Orleans is good. They're scary. I don't think they're the Seahawks. They're not as mobile. They're not as dynamic. And the records can say what they want to say. I think Seattle's a better team personally. Uh, the Packers aren't all the way there. They never are all the way there, especially playing in the NFC North, which is right now almost an atrocity of a division, not near as bad as the one we're about to get to. And the Saints, they're a very competitive team, but they're just not built like the Seahawks. I think this is the Seahawks' NFC championship to lose, in my opinion. What about yours? I'm going to be honest. I'm not all that sold on the Seahawks because I'm not sold on their defense. Their defense is bad it's just bad i mean like honestly like i don't know you look at let's say their division for a minute because that's we'll compare to their division here for a minute they have allowed 287 points the next worst in their division is the cardinals at 258 okay so let's hold on to that stat 287 let's go to the nfc east that the only team who has allowed more points in the NFC East, which is the worst division in football, is the Dallas Cowboys with 
359. Oh my God. My team is sad. This team can't defend. 287 allowed. New Orleans just 225. And New Orleans has scored more points. Statistically, not a great sign. Packers, they have scored more points. They have actually allowed a pretty similar amount of points uh, for less than what Seattle allowed. When you look at it on a purely statistical basis, Seattle's not the team to beat. They're, they're, I mean, you can argue that the stats don't tell the whole story, and fair enough. That is a fair enough statement to me. But I'm not sure how well, because Russell Wilson has struggled a little bit in recent weeks. He hasn't exactly been his top form. I don't know how you look at Seattle right now and say they're the team to beat. I just, I don't see it. Their offense needs a little bit of work to get back on track. Simple enough. You can do that pretty easily. You have to do it first. I need to see them rattle off a few impressive wins. It starts tonight. They need to massacre the Eagles. Because as we're recording this, the Eagles and Seahawks have not played yet. They are playing tonight. They need to win that game by a lot. And their defense needs to shut Carson Wentz down, which is not a hard thing to do. If they can do that. It's, it shouldn't oh, be. Oh, it's a not a hard thing to do. thing to do. It's just a question of are they good enough to do it. And at the end of the day, if they can really stick it to the Eagles, then maybe you can talk to me about that. But until that happens, I'm simply not interested in that conversation because I don't think it's true. If I had to pick one team, I'm taking the well, I Well, unlike you, I am interested in that conversation. And my favorite quote from everything you just said is that the stats don't tell the whole story because you bet your butt they don't tell the whole story. Let's look over at the scoreboard and see how they've done the first 11 weeks. They have three losses. But regardless of one, if you take aside the 23-16 loss to L.A. two weeks ago, their second lowest point total they've scored, 26. Who cares if their defense is bad? If you're putting up these numbers week after week after week, they're scoring 30 points like it's nothing. And their defense is hanging in there when they need to hang in there. And plus, they're a growing defense. They have Bobby Wagner, of course, but Trayvon Diggs in the backfield (laughs) – the guy's a future stud. Just wait and watch the Seattle team grow and watch them possibly take this thing to a Super Bowl. We'll see. I don't think they're I don't think they're worse than the Saints. I don't think the Saints are as good as the Seahawks, honestly. So I'll put that as a wait and I see. Mean, I'm not gonna set my flag in the ground, but you're right. They need they need to beat the Eagles, which isn't a hard thing to do, but I do we'll agree see. with you that this the Seattle defense is going to grow. At some point, Jamal Adams has to be better than he's been, as he hasn't been great. I mean, but do we think that's going to happen this year? That's my question. Is this something that changes this year? Next year, you can look at that team and tell me it's the most complete team in football, and maybe you've got an argument there. Right now, I don't see that from this team. I see them as a heavy offensive team that are going to have to play against some real stingy defenses later on, and not necessarily the Saints. The Saints are Actually, Saints are pretty good on defense, but I mean, there's they're still better in the league out there. You know, eventually they're gonna have to come up against teams who are going to be there to shut them down defensively, and they're gonna, you know, maybe they'll pull that off. Maybe Russell Wilson will beat them at that. Hard to say, right? We don't know yet. That's that's a ways away. But let's say, for example, they match up against a team like the Steelers, who have done really well on defense, and you know, argue schedule, argue whatever you want. They're one of like the only teams in this league to have surrendered less than 200 points against. Yes, the Steelers defense, bar none, because if you're an NFL team, you have to be at least some type of athletic or good. Steelers defense is not only stingy, it's very, very so like, Let's say they go up against the Steelers, and obviously, theoretically, if they went up against the Steelers, I know that they'd be in the Super Bowl, but let's put that aside for a quick second. Because the Steelers are simply my best example. Is Russell Wilson going to put up 30 points against that Steelers defense? Mm, I mean, it's possible. No. Russell Wilson's a heck of a quarterback. It's possible. But I wouldn't look at that and put money on it. Now, do you put the Steelers offense on the field and do the Steelers offense put up 30 points against a Seahawks defense? That's bad. Yeah, I would put money on that. And again, Steelers are an example that they're 10-0. and 0. And of course, you know, they're in the AFC, so it doesn't entirely work for the comparison. But there are just certain teams that I think if Seattle goes up against, I think those teams can shut them down without any issue. 
the New Orleans defense has been pretty stingy. They've only given up 225 points. They could be that team that is stingy enough to shut them down. If it's not New Orleans, nobody's doing it. Let me make that clear. I don't think anyone but New Orleans can take down Seattle because I think New Orleans defense is the only one that can really hang with Russell Wilson. But I think New Orleans can hang with Russell Wilson. I think they're a good second-choice team. I think Packers defense will get obliterated by them, to be honest with you. Um, I've got to say, yeah. like if I'm looking at this, I think they're the second team, which, again, is a still really good spot to be in. But I can't say they're my number one. It's good enough. I'm going to be honest with you. I think there are three teams that can challenge Russell Wilson and these Seattle Seahawks, and you're not going to believe the third one whatsoever. You're going to think I'm crazy. Okay. I see the Seahawks as a 12-4 and team at the end of the year. Um, I don't think they get the first round by either. I think that ends up going to New Orleans, to be honest with you. But I think they're the, I think they're the best team in the NFC. Uh, I think they're a top-four team in the league. Um, I see three teams being able to hang with Russell Wilson. You're not going to believe the third one. Number one, Kansas City for offensive reasons only. The way they can throw the ball and strike at will, Patrick Mahomes can hang with anybody, including Russell Wilson, as was proven in their first duel, which Russell Wilson actually won. So they can at least keep up with them. Number two, I have the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers because of that defense you alluded to earlier and the fact that Mike Tomlin just knows how to get things done. And he's a very smart, he's a very savvy coach. And when you have a good Pittsburgh defense, it's 10 and no, they have a lot of hype around them. I see them being able to stick around as well. You ready for the third team? I'm curious if your third team and the team that I'm thinking of that could upset them are the same team. I'm curious to find out. The Washington football team. That's exactly who I had. Yep. The Washington I football love this- team. Such a good defense, if nothing else. If nothing else, they have a top three defense in the league. Now, their record won't show it. The football team, yes, I love saying that. The football team is four and seven, three and two in the division, but they play Seattle. They play them week 15. This is Seattle's remaining schedule. Tonight, they play Philadelphia, then New York Giants, easy dubs, then New York Jets, easy dubs, Washington football team, L. I think you're counting the Giants out a little bit. I think they are an interesting team, but man, this Washington team is so much better. Like their offense has really not done the job that they've needed to at times. Uh, Dwayne Haskins was not great. Smith struggled in his early debuts, but has picked it up a bit. Yeah. Uh, well, Kyle Allen, the, their other quarterback. Who? Something like the old Panthers quarterback. I think it's Kyle Allen. Is Kyle, yeah, Kyle Allen. I mean, he it's wasn't atrocious. great, but he got. He got knocked out, obviously. He's done for the next while. Smith's been stopgap option. Hasn't been phenomenal, but he's been solid. But this defense, well, like, so good. So good. It's making other coaches that don't have a dog in the fight just salivate. It, it is that stingy. Is that good. I think it's better than Pittsburgh, all things considered. But Pittsburgh still knows how to get things done and operate better than the football team does. But Washington? they could actually somewhat make a playoff run. I know that sounds crazy, but think about the conference they're in. They're in the NFC. You only have a select few competitors in the NFC, and the rest are Cinderella hopefuls, Washington at the top of the list. Washington, if they can upset Seattle, put themselves in a prime playoff position, and they're led by Alex Smith, who's an experienced quarterback. Yes, I understand he's had his interception struggles, but having all the greats at one point. Not that Alex Smith is a great, but he's brand new to the game pretty much. With his horrendous leg injury, he's comeback player of the year in my eyes. I don't know who else takes it. Um, I could argue Ben, but that's, those are the only two dogs in the fight. Yeah. And I wouldn't be upset if Ben Roethlisberger got it either. I just couldn't think of him at the moment. Um, That's fair. Alex Alex Smith, though, remember what he was in Kansas City? His identity was accuracy. He threw less interceptions than anybody else in the league, or at least top three every single year he was in Kansas City. He was 
literally one of the greatest quarterbacks year after year, and he never got any representation for that because he was with Kansas City, which is always a wild card or round two team. They finally pushed through with Patrick Mahomes, which was the right move. It was the right move trading Alex Smith to Washington, and I think he can lead them through and hang around with Seattle. I mean, you look right now at the MVP player, and technically the Giants have the lead on the division, but let's, because they're tired of the records, let's just put Washington in there. Right now, the Washington football team would play the LA Rams. The LA Rams, eh, no. I mean, they're not a bad team. They're the fifth seed. They're seven and four. They're, they're hanging in there solid. But that's not a team that I look at and go, oh, well, they're, they're screwed. They're in trouble. No, no. I mean, what? They're going to have a challenge, no matter what Washington goes into this playoffs with. They're going to have a challenge. Because, you know, they're going to be below five hundred. At the end of the day, they're not going to be a five hundred team in the playoffs. They're going to be the under <laughs> in every. But you tell me that they're playing the Rams. I'd say they have a shot. I think that they have a real legitimate shot at not only beating the Rams. But they go on to face whoever afterwards. I, I'm not sure who they would face. But they could make a really deep run. Eagles, I mean, you take a look at that team. And quarterback's not very good. Carson Wentz isn't great. He doesn't have a lot of weapons, which is a defense to him. But he's got, you know, Fulgham and uh, a couple pieces. They're not a great offensive line. Not a spectacular defense. They don't really have a lot going for them. Cowboys. With Dak Prescott, I'd say maybe they could make a deep run. I mean, we saw what they did against Atlanta. And yes, I know it's Atlanta, but it was still impressive. He's got a lot of great offensive weapons with him. But the offensive line isn't very good. And that defense is probably the worst I've ever seen in my lifetime. Giants, <laughs> the Giants aren't spectacular. They've got turnover problems. The running game has suffered a little bit because, you know, Saquon's obviously out for the year. Their defense isn't spectacular. Nothing on that team screams make a deep run, except for the coach, who I'm actually a really big fan of so far. But Washington, Terry McLaurin is a receiver. Antonio Gibson's done well as a rookie. You know, Alex Smith has been a competent quarterback and one of the best defenses in the league. Neat. That is all you need to make a deep run, and they've got all of it. It's going to be hard, but if any team were to do it in that division, it's got to be them right now. And the reason, okay, if you're listening to this and you wonder, well, where's, isn't that like being hypocritical when you say they have all the talent to make a run, but it's going to be hard? Well, no, it's not because you need to understand the identity of this team. Washington, their literal anthem for decades has been close, but not quite. They have always had decent decent players at certain positions now they finally have okay players at every position these aren't blow you away with amazing stats and amazing execution players it's literally a team of football players that's probably why they're called the washington football team and they're scary they really are i think they're i genuinely 100 percent would bet that the football team is beating Seattle. I'm excited to see if that comes to pass. I also love Rivera. I think he's a Me great too. coach. And they have not had. And it's such an inspiring story as well. A great human being, just gen- genuinely. And yeah. I wish nothing but the best for this football team, which seems to do nothing this season but inspire. I mean, it, it's about time they changed their name from what it was. I don't even want to mention it on the podcast because – that's just not what I, that's not who I am. But the football team, the way they've handled the media attention to mediocrity to now it's their division to lose, especially with Daniel Jones being injured with the Giants. You know, you just, you don't know what's in the future, but it sure does look like it could go Washington's way. Yeah. And I mean, again, they, I still think they've got some culture work that they need to do, and I think that starts at the top with Dan Snyder, who needs to, you know, not be Dan Snyder. But you look at this team; they are trending in the. And I hate to say this because I don't like this team. I'm a Cowboys fan as much as I am a Steelers fan. I hate this team. They're trending in the right direction, and I think all they got to do is a little bit of tweaking. They got they can upgrade some key positions. Every team can do that, and 
that's something they can work on in the offseason, but there isn't a weakness on this team. There isn't one part of this team that you look at and you go, oh, well, if teams do that, then they're going to be great. Stop their offense, beat up their defense. Yeah, okay, that's pretty simple. Like, you look at it. They've got a minus two point differential for a four and 17. That is hard to complain about. Their offense is decent enough. Their defense is really good. That's all you can do. And I'd like to see their offense take more strides. I really would. And they're going to have time to do that as they fight against Cooper Rush, I guess. I guess that would be the Giants backup. I don't know. Some guy. And literally Carson Wentz is like corpse for that division. (laughs) But I think they've got a good shot. Well, I hate to change topic on you, but it's time to head into our closing topic, something the two dudes want to do every week. Next week's game picks. We'll actually start out with tonight's game and then Tuesdays and then the week 13. Um, tonight, Eagles, Seahawks, who you got? I'm going Seahawks, although I feel like if any team were to give the Eagles life that they don't need, it might be Seattle because of their defense. I'm not... Um, there's just something in me. I don't think this is going to go well. I have a feeling that we're going to walk away from this game with a really big injury. I don't know why. But at the end of the day right now, I'm going to take Seahawks, although I think the Eagles are going to make this way closer than it should be. If I had to give a score, which I don't think we have to, but I'm going to because I feel like it, 27-24. Seahawks. Right? Yes. Okay, okay, good. Well, let's try and just speed run through the rest of it because I'm with you, Seahawks, for that one. Uh, Tuesday, Ravens, Steelers. I got Ravens. I got Ravens. Uh, Browns at Titans. This is week 13 now. Ooh, Browns and Titans. So we got to start keeping track of these now, don't we? Great. I'm curious who. uh, Browns and Titans. I'm going to actually go ahead and I'm going to pick the Titans. I think they're a better team. Browns. Barely got what they needed this week. I'm definitely taking the Titans. I have to take the Titans as well, to be honest with you. I want to take the Browns, but I just can't. And I like the Titans a lot. I really like the Titans. They're my second favorite team. Um, But they're just too good a team to beat the Browns who got threatened by a 1-10 Jaguars team. Uh, Denver at Kansas City. I see the Chiefs blowing them out. I see Chiefs winning. Not quite a blowout, but pretty close. Uh, the football team at the Steelers, week 13. Steelers, but I think it's going to be a one-score game. I agree 100%. Steelers, one score. Uh, Raiders at New York Jets. Raiders. Hi, Raiders. I'm going I'm going Jets 0-16. I'm on board. <laughs> Woohoo! The hype train is here. The only defeated season can it happen to the Jets is going to happen. Uh, Jaguars at Vikings. I got the Jags. I'm going to have to take the Vikings on this. Wow. We'll have to see. It depends on how Adam Thielen is feeling and, you know, if he can be back by that time. Um, But I got the Jaguars. They're very competitive right now, even without a general manager. Uh, Bengals at Dolphins. I'm going to go Dolphins. Yeah. Fins up. Uh, The Dolphins got this one in almost a lockdown, in my opinion. Uh, Colts at Texans. Colts. Texans. Oh, you know, no, I'm gonna go Texans. I'm yeah, going I Texans, yeah. Uh, I like I like what Deshaun's stirring up. I like the coaching situation down there now that it does not involve Bill O'Brien. <laughs> um I think yeah. the Colts are asking a little bit too much to play the Texans twice in three weeks, and it falls apart on them the first week they play them. Um keep in mind it's in Houston as well, but not like that matters because there's no fans. Uh Lions at Bears. Ooh, this is a good one. I'm going to say the Bears snap their losing streak. I'm going to say the Lions improve it. I think the Lions get out of here five and seven. I could see that game going either way. Uh, This is also another either way hand toss for me. Uh, The two hand salute. I don't know. Saints at Falcons. No, I'm taking Saints. If I have to pick. Yeah, I'm taking Saints. But it's going to be a close, good effort by the Falcons. Um, I see this being high scoring. 
I see this being very high scoring. I see this being very, very, very close. Uh, I need Taysom Hill to improve, though, if they want a good shot at beating them now. Um, Taysom Hill wasn't bad, but he wasn't lights out yesterday either. Um, Giants at Seahawks. Yeah, he was pretty bad. Uh, definitely yeah. taking Seahawks on that one. Yeah, Seahawks. Rams at Cardinals. Rams. Cardinals. I really like the Cardinals right now. I know they just lost the Patriots. Who cares? No one likes the Patriots except for Patriots fans. Um, Eagles at Packers. I'm definitely taking Packers. Yeah, I got to agree, Packers. Um, Patriots at Chargers. Oh, man. That's a tough one. I think I'm going to go with Chargers. I'm actually going Patriots. I just I think Herbert's too good. Mm-hmm. And I think Bill Belichick is not going to allow his team to be five and seven. I think you see a six and six Patriots team and they could honestly win out in my opinion. And I would be disappointed if they did, but they could Uh, Cowboys at Ravens. Again, this is week 13. So we made our predictions for Steelers Ravens this Tuesday. However, this is for week 13. So the Cowboys visit Baltimore. Dear God, as a Cowboys fan, if there was ever, a week for the Cowboys to pull off something stupid. It would be against the Ravens, but I don't think they're going to. I'm taking the Ravens. I'm taking the Ravens. Um, Bills at 49ers. Ooh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Bills win this one. I got the 49ers. That again, that's uh, one of those games, man. I could go either way. I really could, but I'm it, gonna it I'm really gonna take could. the team. That is on top of their division. I'm going to take the team with the better quarterback. I'm taking Josh Allen. I think this game is where Miami takes control of the AFC East. It is just way too much of a hand toss. And the 49ers, I like what they're cooking. And the Bills are absolutely not an 8-3 and three team despite their record. And then your teams on by are the 7-5 and five Buccaneers and the four and eight Carolina Panthers. We'll worry about them in next week's episode. Ryan, is there anything else you'd like to say? I think we've just about covered it all. Well, I know this has been a blast for me. I hope it has been for you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the two dudes football podcast. Be sure to continue listening to us. However you do. And we cannot wait to see what comes with this. Anything else? You sure, Ryan? Um, I think the only thing I have to say is uh, Cowboys for Super Bowl, maybe? <laughs> Let me have this. I need it. I need both my teams to be good for once. They can never have both. Someone call the uh, dumb Cowboys fan police, please, on Ryan here. Um, anyways, we need to get that's the all we got. Goblin. <laughs> what? We need to get all those, in- all those like Instagram pages going. We need to call them all. Oh, up. yeah, absolutely. The two dudes, Cowboys police. Now that's an <laughs> Sorry, account that's that I would a, follow. That's an account that I would follow as well. But for now, you'll just have you to settle. That's, yeah, that's an account I would make. Uh, but for now, you'll have to settle for our beautiful voices. This has been Two Dudes Out.